Hi, my name is Nicole J. Georges. I'm a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist staying in Los Angeles, California with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. <laughs> this is our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, sex advice with resident witch Brandy Taylor. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. I am just two days out from being laid up with food poisoning, and we are back to bring you some sex advice from Brandy Taylor of Magic Hour Astrology. You may remember Brandy from our post-election advice special. Before we begin, I have two announcements. Number one. In this episode, we give some advice about cunnilingus, vaginas, and how to go down on a girl if you are newly queer. But I want to say, because it bears repeating, that some women do not have vaginas, and we did not specifically speak to this. So, I would like to apply our baseline advice on going down on a woman to all women. That being communicate with your partner, educate yourself on the sex you're about to embark upon, and then go off of instinct. What seems right? What do you know is right? What seems sexy for everyone? Go from there. I really want to have more sex episodes, so please call or text in more questions. Secondly, Los Angeles. I am leading a making art during fascism group this Sunday, January 15th, at the Women's Center for Creative Work. It's from 1 to 3 p.m., and it's free. This is a group generally hosted by Beth Pickens, a support group for artists, a place for them to connect with other artists and activists and to get ideas and network and share information. Um, Beth Pickens joined me for an episode of the podcast after the election, and her message was, artists, don't quit making art to become lawyers. Keep making art. Do something that serves you and your community and do something that serves someone else in a different community. That's her message. That's the message I'm promoting at this workshop. So please come if you're there. If not, enjoy today's show. I got your back. Okay, bye. Brandy Taylor, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So happy to have you here. Uh, Last time you were here, you talked us through a little post-election despair. Mm -hmm. But today... We're talking about S-E-X. We are flipping the script. We're, we were talking about S-A-D last time. And today, that spells S-E-X. sex. That's right. <clears throat> I have a lot of questions for you. Great. What, how does it work? How does it go? How does it work? <laughs> you know what my great hope was? Was that, well, so we have a question this week from a gold star butch who wants to know a little bit about penises. And Ah. I was wishing that queer people would write in and ask about, that they would ask about straight sex and that straight people would write in and just say their actual questions they have about queer sex. Oh, I would love that. Hopefully we're going to already go ahead and dispel some of these things on our own. But um, that was my wish was that straight people be like, now, now how does it go? Who's the man? You know, (laughs) 
<laughs> I was hoping for a few of those. Unfortunately, we were not we were not gifted. But let me jump straight into this since I mentioned Great. it. Dear advice, Oracle Georges and and Taylor. I am what is known as a gold star lesbian, and I've had no personal experience with hetero sex. But I'm filled with questions. Might you enlighten me? Sure. There's much talk of the scents of a lady's nether regions or a vagina, but I've never heard talk of a penis's aroma. Does a penis have a scent? Brandy? Mm, well, I mean, it is part of their body. So the logical conclusion is yes, of course it has a scent. It's in jeans or pants or a kilt or whatever the fuck all day long. It's, you know, it's a part of your body that has a fold and where the two pieces of your, you know, of your body meet. It's going to have a fucking scent, of course. But the specifics about penis scent. Must be. sorry. I really... Go. I really don't. I don't know. I might be stumped. This is like stump, <laughs> stump the, stump the sex advice person. I I'll, mean, I'll tap oh. in on this. Please tap in. It's kind of mus- musky, musty. Like an armpit? No, not as good as it. I'm like kind of into the smell of an Me armpit. Me too. I love an armpit. I'm. Oh, I love it. I'm thinking <laughs> that right now. I really oh, like really when you just said armpit. I just got. I was like, ooh, yeah. Me too. The smell of an armpit Woof. smells great. The smell Woof. of it, dick, is a little bit more. It's like musky. It's like a musk. It's like not as deep and rich as the outer mm. regions of a vaginal smell, but mm-hmm. it's like it's there. It's like cheese. Would cheesy. it be as complex as a vag smell? Not as complex. Not as many. Wait. Not as many flavor notes. Mm. The, the base note makes maybe missing a middle or top note. Perhaps. Um, you know that once I was affiliated with somebody that was in the cheese business. And right. they had a whole blog called Learning to Love the Stink that was, like, about cheese. But they kept trying to make all these, like, sexual connections between the cheese and, like... And I just... It was... That was gross to me. But oh, I like that. I, fe- I do feel like savvy. That, I feel like that person could kind of appreciate mm-hmm. probably many different... Smells. They could maybe give you like a, you know, this man's penis is like a camembert or yeah. a, a brie. <laughs> so if we're saying that, I have very limited cheese knowledge based on the 20 years of veganism. But um, <laughs> I mean, I would say, so if you were comparing the two, a dick would be more like in a simple, like a Munster provolone. Provolone would be the Does sense. provolone even smell? Wait, why did, did I say a, did I say a penis? Yeah. Yeah. A penis would be like a provolone, whereas a vagina would be like, well, like a goat. Right. Also, skin smells. Skin that has moisture smells. You got to clean all the skin. If you're a Sharpe, especially. And also, <laughs> if you are, I mean, you know, wherever you pee out of, it's going to maybe smell a little bit. Maybe like piss. So a good thing to do is to clean some of the pee off of it. Whatever you got. Yeah. yeah. Or or you're just dirty and you like that. You like smelling pee. And that's, you know what? That's <laughs> someone's kink. Somebody's into that. Oh, wait. This is three. Part two. Part two from the Gold Star. Okay. Does a flesh penis feel like a Vic skin dildo? How are they similar or different? Oh. 
Yes and no. <sighs> yes and no. You are, you're, I'm sorry, you're more qualified to answer these questions right now. Um, I, I haven't had, I mean, there hasn't been a, a, a live dick in my hand in a really, really long time. So, I think a Vic skin dildo, especially like, I used to work at Babeland back in the day, and we would wash the dicks, wash the dildos like every, you know, Saturday or whatever. And that like cyber skin, this is pre-Vic skin, but like Vic skin's pretty awesome. The, that, when it's, especially when it's wet, it just feels just like any other part of someone's body. It's wild. So I would say maybe yes. I say it, but you know what? A dick is hard, when hard is harder. So you know, like a Vic skin has like that like millimeter of give. Yes. Yeah. It's a millimeter of give between the the outer skin and the inner core. A hard dick, the skin gets way thinner than that. So you mm. just take away that spongy give. Right. If people don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about like silicone, like semi-realistic looking dildos that you can buy at any feminist awesome sex toy store. I, I'm going to tell you that I'm kind of anti any other kind of dildo. Me too. I love that. You know what? I got a drawer full of dildos. Trust me. A literal drawer. What do you do with those also? Should I just, I could have like a- the dolphins? Maybe, maybe people could write in and be like, you know what? Can you send, send, boil a dildo and send it to my friend? I will. You coming out? You want a dildo for free? Huh? You want to experiment with some butt play? I mean, this is like, they're, they're silicone. I'll boil them. Trust me. I'm not, I'm not going to send you something that has been used, uh, you know, all for, you know, I'm going to clean it. Let's be real. So how but can people reach you if they I'll, want them? I'll, I'll donate that. Maybe you should just write into you. You might get inundated with all of your... Especially if you're just like coming out, can't afford, can't afford it, don't know if you're going to like it, what, what the fuck is this, live in a red state where you don't have access to sex toy stores, well, or you can't have it on the internet because it will set, be sent to your parents' house or whatever. Maybe I shouldn't send sex toys we'll to bake it in a under, cake under 18, you. but what? We'll bake it in a cake and send it to you. Yeah, great idea. Um, Can I do idea. something else, which is that Yes. I once worked at a less reputable sex toy distributor called eroticmassagers.com <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be stealing shit from your toy, your Babeland website oh yeah for our website um, and I from that place got a couple of glass dildos mm-hmm. just because I could those were are very punishing for vaginal sex that is like a mortar and pestle on the cervix oh, I'm into it I'm, that was okay. It was better for a butt a butt situation. I could see the glass, but for the vagina, it was very un. Mm-hmm. It was unforgiving. What mm-hmm. do you like about the glass? I like the glass that's an S shape, because then you know if you're doing you know if it's inserted into a vagina and you're you can also do this for prostate. You could do it for G spot simulation, and you have some leverage to kind of push down and get into a spot that you wouldn't be able to get to with the same kind of firmness with a regular What's toy. S? It's just shaped like a, like the actual letter S. Oh, can I come over and just yeah. try, we'll just try that out? Yeah. Okay. I, I know. I actually had, I had the glass guy make me one back when I was like 22, 23, and it's pink with black fishnet, just so you know. Oh, my God. Well, that's <laughs> what I was dreaming of. Mine, the ones that I had were long, and they had like some kind of cool, like um, what do you call it? like a helix in the middle of them? Yeah, like, they were art, like they were meant to be displayed, like you would put these yes. dildos on your mantle. And I, I thought of that because I ended up giving them to some younger queer people 
who uh-huh. thought that that was cool. After I was like, I'm never actually going to use this without being like, ow, ow. Right. Ow. I also had one that had a base that you would actually put in a harness, but I would never use that because it was punishing. And it was also straight, like shaped. It was not great. So I used it as on my abundance altar after that. I like that. Or, or like to hold my bracelets. <laughs> Wait, okay. Three. If someone has a small or skinny schlong, can you ask him to wear a strap on or are you just stuck working with the factory standard equipment? He's not going to love it if you ask him to wear a strap on. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm. Like a cisgendered straight guy whose dick is marginally not as big as you are wishing it was. Like he's not going to, he's not going to love that. Probably. It just makes me wonder. Should be that's just the way it seems. Right. I wonder if Gold Star. Are you trying to like? Are you exploring the option of sleeping with a a penis having person? Or I'm just curious about this Gold Star questions here. It it sounds like you know there might be some curiosity. It does sound like they have some curiosity. I just think work work with what's happening there. That's also, there's, there's lots more things to do besides, I mean, if the person has a small dick, like, especially if you're, I mean, if you're not having like hetero vanilla sex, you would, you could fuck them with your strap on. You could do other things. You could have all kinds of different types of sexual experience that isn't like small dick into vagina. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good, good luck with that. You know what? I found that, um, Sometimes a gold star will be like a little bit shady towards a femme who's had sex with cis men before. Mm. But then when gold star butches decide to give it up in a gay way, mm-hmm. it's like, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen a penis. That's not true. I haven't touched a penis or been sexual with a penis since I was like 19. So I'm 40 people. I am 40. Congrats. So, You've not done you. it longer than you did it. But also, it, true. Also, I would think like a small dick, great for butt sex. Incredible for butt sex. Just do that. And then have him use his hand inside your vagi- vagina if you want that. And then just go to town. It'd be like an like a anal dream. Or better for a blowjob, in my estimation. Because there's more room for your mouth to do something besides just be like, ah! <laughs> I think to me, like I, I would be like a little bummed about that. I kind of like the I, the fantasy of like a giant dick blowjob, like so big you're gonna choke on it no matter what. A small dick, you're like, is this a straw? Is this my fucking bubble tea? See ya. No, I beg to differ because I think if it is, if if you're not just doing the work, trying not to have your teeth involved. Mm. Don't forget, oh, right. don't forget, you can't use your teeth on a real one. Ugh. Oh, this was so many rules. This was a hard learning curve for me when I jumped into <laughs> that pool. I had to really like make a mental note, like all the time. Don't no teeth, no teeth, because the dildo doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, I I believe that if one were to give a blowjob to a member that was smaller than that choking size. That mm-hmm. one could use other parts of their mouth too, like their tongue could get more traction and move around more. They could do more yeah. stuff with it. It's like a slip and slide in there. It's just a gift. It's a gift. A small penis is a gift, if especially to your butt. Especially to your butt. 
Let's see. If anyone wants to make a card, like a greeting card. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, th- do you want to hear... We have two about be- about becoming queer and then queer sex. Ooh. Let's hear the one about becoming queer first. Great. Hey, Nicole. A fellow small-town southern friend of mine is coming out at 41. She doesn't have a lot of queer friends. So I'm looking to gather words of wisdom and encouragement from the tribe. Got any coming out pearls of wisdom to share? Thanks. Oh, oh so sweet. <laughs> I'm shedding a single tear over here. All right. Oh, so I, I actually answered this on Twitter from the back of a, the back of an Uber. <laughs> and I was thinking if you're, I was thinking, but Brandy, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I think the person should make a list of every question they have. And then this person who's asking for them should make a list of everything they think that she should know. Then they should meet, swap, and then write more questions and answers based on that. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's not really answering her question. That's giving her a form to answer her own question. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give her the, I'm trying to teach her to fish so she can. Right. I think that's really smart because then you're also like, you're helping basically them to kind of build community. Like that's the best thing that that 41 year old's going to need right now is community of other queer people. Yeah. You know, just to be around and be like, wait a sec, you know, just to bounce ideas off of, to kind of like have some modeling or, you know, it's like you get, it's so exciting when you are, in that place where you kind of have new eyes to look at the world or liberated eyes to look at the world. Yeah. So having a community around would be like the number one thing I would give advice to, like get some queer friends. Yeah. How do they make queer friends? Well, it depends on like what their, their lifestyle is. They could go to like, you know, like there's tons of meetups, like queer sort of meetups, whether you're like a sober person or a person who likes to go to the bars and go dancing or like if you're 41, like I would just do it like whatever your interests are. Like I would do like a hiking, queer lady hiking meetup. Yeah. Or like maybe you like to do crafts or make art or whatever, you know. And if you are in a small town where you don't know where the queer people are, um, you know, finding people online possibly first as friends via some online, um, even like OkCupid or things like that, just mm-hmm. looking for French, looking for friendship and then seeing where it goes from there and maybe trying to connect in real life. Yeah. Um, she does have a lot of queer friends looking for wisdom. I think also they should be open to their gender changing. They should mm-hmm. be open to like playing with how they're, how they want their gender to be. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I know when I was in high school and I was bi-curious, I, I um, had, like, a shaved head. I hated my boobs. I, like, was counting down the days till I was 18 so I could have a breast reduction. Oh, I hear that. Oversized everything. Me too. And that was my jam. And I thought anyone with long hair was, like, a traitor. <laughs> a traitor to my radical feminist 16-year-old Kansas cause. And then I actually found... And so then I was like a little bit, I don't know, never, not ever truly a tomboy, I don't think, because now I know actual tomboys, but like I was never like that feminine, like I was never like that girly. And that, but then once I came out for real as queer or at the time lesbian, I felt way more 
cool about embracing my femininity Mm -hmm. than when I had been living in straight land. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like I couldn't, I couldn't be a femme and find power in that until I was free of the patriarchy or free of straight expectations. Like heteronormative, right. Heteronormative expectations about what it meant to be feminine. So, but I would never have guessed that Mm -hmm. when I was a baby, baby dyke, baby bi. Yeah, I mean, I think I have a similar experience. And also, like, for me, coming out first, um, also playing with gender, not really feeling embodied as a teenager, not really knowing my sexuality or how to, like, you know, wield that, not finding power there, you know, dealing with sexual trauma, things like that. And then being able to come out as queer and find, like, the light of liberation there of feeling like it, there's like just like the feeling of when you set kind of foot into somewhere unknown and there's like all possibilities are present for a minute. Like that's kind of the feeling that I loved about coming out. It also was fucking terrifying, yeah. but it, it, you know, had the flavor of like, Oh, actually like, you know, I, the, the, the normalcy of my life has now, there's something has fallen away from that. And now like I am part of this group of other, or I'm part of this group of Edgewalker. And then being able to go through that and explore there was like huge. And then also come back to being feminine, like come back to femininity as a place of power, not a, you know, not a place of fear or despair, honestly. And also so, choosing it, not just being feminine totally. because it was an assumption. Right. And choosing to be and choosing femme as a strong identity for myself, especially in my 20s, was huge, was huge. So I think like for this person, just being able to explore, I think, you know, with their gender, with their sexuality, with who they're attracted to, also maybe not being limited to like, oh, now I'm gay. That's it. Or now I'm a dyke or now I'm a queer person. But like allowing themselves just to kind of like broaden the scope of like who you're attracted to. And then kind of allow what happens, what comes forward and just check your attraction level, check how you feel, like take your own monitor. Like it's a little more expansive and can be really fun. I feel like a little bit like we are, there's only two of us, maybe Ponyo's the third. Like we're the three <laughs> witches when Briar Rose is born in um, Sleeping Beauty <laughs> and we're giving her gifts that we want her to have in her life. So like in her queer life, I'm like, okay, be ready to like expand your mind around your gender. And it could be, it could evolve to something different (laughs) and, and, you know, and you're giving her these gifts. Well, I mean, being a, being queer is a gift from the goddess. I a hundred percent believe that. Like I wouldn't be who I am as a creative person, as a magical person, as somebody who feels empowered as a survivor, as all those things. If I wasn't a queer person. It's like a foundation of like strength and wisdom and power for me, for sure. And it's something that you can't really describe. Like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, all of those gifts, having that, it's hard to describe to people that have never had it at all. Hi, Nicole. How do you give someone a hand job if you have long acrylic fingernails? Mm. Thanks. Well, I, just, I, have a, I have a story about this one. I just don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say that 
back in the day, there was this book called uh, How to Fucking High Heel or Femmes Universe, How to Fucking High Heels or Femmes Guide by Shaw Rednauer, which was like came out in the early 2000s, I believe. And she covered it in that book. And her this is what she says, which I mean, I don't want to misquote her. So sorry, Shaw, if you're listening. But in the book, this is her advice that you put cotton balls on the tips of your fingers and then you put a glove on and then you fuck as normal that's Char's fem's guide advice that's like a fucking craft that is a craft it's a craft i also right it it really and who has cotton balls number one that's a hard one also i mean you should i mean i shouldn't say i don't have gloves i do have some gloves somewhere but you know, if you're not in a Monogs LTR, have some gloves around. Um, but I will say that I fucked in in acrylic nails that are pointy because I love those. I don't get in very often because dollar bills they is what they cost. But and also I can't do as much. There's less freedom. There is less freedom. You have to have a little more finesse. But I have definitely done HJ's hard fucking fisting with those nails. And let me tell you, the person that hurts the most is you. <laughs> what? Tell me more. Well, definitely because, like, they just don't have the same finesse that you would have if you didn't have the nails, especially for me because I don't have them all the time. I think if you had those nails on all the time, maybe you're, like, you just, they kind of become an extension of your finger. So you might feel a little different and you might have different kind of techniques. For me, only having those acrylic nails a few times in my life, it was definitely challenging. But... I think for me, it was more about like my hand position and, you know, folding your hand up, like the nails are actually cutting into the inside of my hand. Yeah. So when I'm folding my nail up, the, the pokey pointy nails are just poking and pointing myself yeah. as I'm trying to safeguard or like, you know, shield them from the person's body. And it was great. Everybody had a great time. But I did have some, like, little gouge marks on my palm from the nails. So, not so great. I would say that was a, it was a, a fair, fair, to, fair to good showing with my nails. But so, I think if someone has them more often, they might have more finesse in that. But so what do you do if you're just doing your standard two-finger finger bang, mm-hmm. right? And you have acrylic nails... You're just, it's just a matter of ink. Cause like you can't, then you can't like do like any kind of G spot kind of anything. I think it depends on the person. I mean like. Scratching the inside of their vaginal wall. I would probably like align your fingers, which I know you can't see this listener. I would probably align your fingers kind of like you would almost be crossing your fingers, like a good luck kind of thing. So the nails kind of overlapped on each other. Okay. So you weren't, you weren't like poking with so much wide pokey nail part there's only maybe one area that might be pokey and you're kind of shielding the other one see what i'm saying if you're going to do a two finger like this <laughs> she's Which... doing a, a come hither come my lady come come my lady and then the more fingers you get in i would just basically keep folding your hand you're just as you would normally you know <laughs> yeah. you're just folding your hand and kind of turning your nails inward so the person that it's hurting is more you and also communicate with your partner that person might be like, scratch my pussy up. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> they might like a hard, a hard doing it with, uh, with some scratchy nails. Everyone's different. The person that 
the last person I had sex with with the long nails was not complaining. They were into it, and they weren't like, "I felt your nail." It wasn't that big of it wasn't a big deal. So, I think it's just about communication and also kind of knowing where you're at, finesse wise. I wouldn't go just crazy, no lube, stick your square squared off long '90s nails in there. Please don't do that. Oh my god! I just <laughs> this this whole thing. Like I just I, I'm not. This is where the tomboy or the the low the lowest of low femme for me comes out or the fact that i'm actually just like beth's son is that i'm like that seems like a lot of work so i'm just like short as possible rounded oh that's what i like too and as short as possible because all the extra finesse i'm like oh i got i got no finesse i just also like to cut them as short as possible then we'll get a manicure so it lasts longer yeah I short as possible. I get a gel manicure. Me too. Then it doesn't even flake off. Oh God, that's that's a better question. What do you do if you have nail polish flaking off inside someone's body? Don't tell them. Uh, don't um, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they're not chemically sensitive and shh. <laughs> okay. Oh God. You're listening to Sagittarian Matters with Nicole Georges. Dear Nicole and Brandy, thank you for your post-election advice show. I found the advice on meditating, self-care, and thriving as an artist so helpful. It was one of the catalysts to shift my thinking and bringing a lot of good things in the last month. My question about sex. So I'm terrified to have, quote-unquote, sex sex with a woman, although I'm so attracted to them. I've hooked up with women, but I've been scared to go down on them because I'm super nervous that I could do it wrong. It's just so intimate. Maybe I'm just psyching myself out, but I'd love to hear your advice on having sex with women or queer sex. Like, am I the only one who gets so nervous? A heart emoji and shiny diamond emojis. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's, I'm going to let me word police them really fast. Sex, sex. And cunnilingus are not the end-all, be-all of queer sex. And, True that. And also some women don't have vaginas. That's all. True that. Done Done and done. But now it seems it seems though the question at hand is, this person is psyching themselves up to go forth into cunnilingus. And so they mm-hmm. want some advice on that. And they want just general advice on having sex, queer sex. Or sex with cisgendered women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I thought it was scary. I had when I said th- I'm thinking about the first time. It felt like a beast. It felt like an uncharted beast, like a like an animal I had never experienced before, and I had to psych myself up exactly the same way I would jumping off a diving board. Mm. Like, I just had to be like, and now we're doing it. <sighs> and just like, we're just going for it. We're just going to do it. Oh, this is weird. Okay, I'm still doing it. And then, it got, yeah. of course, it got less weird. That was the first time. Yeah, the first time I was pretty terrified too, actually. I do think that um, the it's, it's going to be, it is going to be maybe a little scary. Because like like this person says, it's intimate for them. So... Sometimes intimacy can be scary, especially if you're, it's the unknown. You're jumping into this 
this, you know, uncharted waters. And um, also, I think the pressure that they, I mean, I know that, that there's the, it sounds like there's the desire there to perform cunnilingus. It also just sounds like there's the, um, the pressure. So, you know, I might maybe like have the sex that feels good, that brings you joy, that brings your partner joy and pleasure, <laughs> and then kind of see if it naturally while you're in a state of that, if that naturally comes up as something that is desirable to you. But like going into it, like you and me, 10 o'clock, cunnilingus, (laughs) probably not. (laughs) Probably not the best route because they, you're going to psych yourself out. Here's what I imagine. You know, I imagine that they've been making out with somebody, right? Or something. And they keep, they kind of start like kissing down their stomach and then they're like, uh, and the person's like, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, and then they like bail out and do something else. Yeah, that was like me the first time I hung out with the woman. <laughs> but like, she was this, like, and I was like, no. It's this, let's just say that as far as queer sex goes, in both of our estimations, I'm going to say cuddling is not the end all be all. No. I mean, it, it's it's great, but it's not. Sometimes it's not on the menu at all. We'll just put it out there. Yeah. Sometimes it's the only thing on the menu. It just kind of depends. But it just sounds like this person is pressuring themselves. And like pressury sex, even if you're pressuring yourself, not so great. But okay, they're nervous they're going to do it wrong. Well, what, what what is wrong? Also, are you with somebody who has a mouth and is able to communicate to you? Like... They can say like to the I like it like this. Ask your partner what they like. This is the this is the number one thing, people. If you don't ask your partner what they like, then you unless you're a psychic like me, just <laughs> <laughs> you're never gonna know. You're never gonna know. It's not. It doesn't mean that you're a bad lover. It doesn't mean that you like don't know what you're doing. It means that you're interested in getting somebody off, and that's hot. Ask your person what they want. And if they are like, I don't know, then, you know, you could try some things. Like, do you like that? Does this feel good? Like, check in with them. See what they like. Read their cues. But. Can I I tell you? Yes. I straight up Googled it. You Googled cunnilingus? Yeah. Just fucking Google it, folks. Well, I just like before, like when I didn't totally... You know, like coming out of straight land into gay land. I just was like, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm just like, get a book. Look at what the book says to do. Have that in your back, in the back of your mind, and then go off of instinct. Like, what is the person's body responding to? What does it seem like they want you to do? Right. Also, I will say, that's true. There wasn't a Google around when when I was coming out, but there was the joy of lesbian sex. And there was, like, other sex books around that I was like, what? There was, like, cunt coloring book, which I was like, wow. Look at all these beautiful flowers. And, you know, there's there's some things around for you. But now there's, like, a wealth of information. Absolutely. And also, like, here's a good thing. Ask, like, with your person, it's really hot to watch somebody jack off or pleasure themselves. Yeah. And then you kind of get a, a feel for, like, oh... You know, they like to put their hand here 
or they like to do this, this, and that. And, like, it's pretty sexy to watch somebody get off. It also gives you a lot of cues about what they find um, pleasure in. Do not do that fucking ABC shit. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. Like, the alphabet with your tongue? How straight people are like, you do the alphabet with your tongue. That's the trick. It'll drive her crazy. I would, it'll drive me crazy because I'd be smacking your head away (laughs) from my vagina. Wow. I'll be breaking your neck with my legs by... Also, if this this person uh, has a vagina, don't, like... Like, if you're receiving cunnilingus, you kind of can tell what's going on, right? And if you can't tell, like, open your eyes and look down. What's that person doing with their tongue? Are their hands involved? Where's their face at? Like... I feel like as the receiver of cunnilingus, you really get a lot, a lot of insight into how to do it just by like being present and like looking and seeing what's going on. And you don't have to, you don't have to pretend to like anything that you think you're just supposed to like. True that. There's some things, you know, like people are like, I love, you know, a lot, a lot of pressure here, this or that, or like, this is the end all be all of sex. And like, maybe you've heard that narrative on TV or you've heard it somewhere, somewhere. And then if you don't like that, that's okay. You yeah. might like something different, like how I can only get off from drinking hot boba tea. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> um, well. They also, am I the only one that gets so nervous? No. We were, no. We were both nervous. And there's going to be a unique taste and smell that you might be unfamiliar with, and that's great. That's so hot. Add it to your palate. Add it to your... You're expanding your palate. It's kind of like fine dining. That's right. Not to... T- <laughs> the finest. I feel like that was a classic Samantha kind of like. <laughs> well, I am a Samantha. She's a Samantha Jones of our friend group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like fine dining. It is. It's like you're getting into like a different rack on the cheese shelf. Sorry. Oh, my God. Please don't use the cheese euphemism for this. Please. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Also, be, like, be, don't, I well, here's a, here's a a warning. Don't go into it thinking, like, or, like, don't get too in your head about it. And then maybe act like you're sort of suave or not want to tell your person it's your first time doing this. Or whatever. Like, I've been there, too. Oh, that, like, that's, oh yeah. That's been my, that's been my uh, route. Most yeah. Of the time. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. Sure, let's do it. And you're like, oh, my God. I'm, a, I'm like, tied up to something getting flogged. Sure, I'll do that. That's no big deal. I'm like, please let me down. <laughs> I, I mean, but a lot of these things, I mean, I don't know about you or the, the caller, but, like, a lot of these things, I feel like instinct just kind of kicked in. If you just yeah. let yourself... And so, like, I feel like sometimes with, if you're doing straight sex and you're not really straight or you're not really that into it, you feel like you're performing. Like, you feel like you're, like, in a porno. Like, you feel like you're, like, you have to be, like, eh, 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 I don't know, whatever. And then once you get into queer land, you actually can just, like, put that performance at the door and just go on instinct. Mm -hmm. So, like, the idea of, like, fisting somebody from the outside might seem really daunting and, like, oh, my God, how does that even start? How does that work? You just form a fist and just run at somebody. You know, but you're, like, no. It just happens organically because mm-hmm. you're just listening to somebody's body and you're like, oh, it seems like more should, maybe I should put in more. 
maybe I should put in more. Well, if I put in more, what would you think if I just kept putting this in? And then your hand naturally mm-hmm. curls in on itself. Mm-hmm. You know, just like cunnilingus, like you, you get in there, you figure it out as you go. Don't be afraid to get your whole head in there. True that. Also, don't be afraid to get in a different position. That feels good. What kind of position? You know, it might be the kind of thing where, like, you know, you could be on your knees and somebody could be standing up. Or, like, with their leg on the bed or something. So you, like, have a different perspective. Somebody could, you know, somebody could be sitting on your face. Yeah. You know, like, do, you know, kind of switch it up a little bit. Because you might have just a different experience. It might feel different than what you sort of, if you have in your mind, it's going to be like this. You're psyching yourself out, you know, if you're overthinking it. So it's like, you know, you're running through it in your brain. Your brain doesn't really know. Your body is going to know. So if you kind of, like, let your brain have a break and allow your body to, like you said, organically do what it wants to do, I think you'll naturally do the things that you find pleasure in. And guess what? They might not all be cunnilingus. But you might try it. You might love it. You might hate it. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the people that call Savage Love where he has to tell them that it's the price of admission because so many women's boyfriends are like, I don't like that. I like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I never Oh, God. I just, People just, like, don't want to do it at all. But then, like, the idea that, like, that's the only, like, bone they're throwing to their straight woman partners is, like, a little... Uh, a little that, may- that makes me so upset. It also just makes me sad. Because, like, I just think of that as, like, one of, like, 50 million things that are happening during sex. Mm-hmm. Wow, your straw game is really strong today. <laughs> Can you describe why you said that? Well, you know, she was drinking a boba tea with had the hugest straw I've ever seen. And now she's drinking a cup with maybe like an inch of liquid with not one, but two straws in it. One is fat, like a boba tea straw, and one is bendy (coughs) for your pleasure. Nicole, straw top. Straw top. Brandy, can you explain um, for the new queer people some of the different sex denotations? I mean, there's a million, but like top, bottom, switch. First, oh, yeah. This, 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 this. I mean, there's a billion. There's a billion quadrillion, and nobody has to identify as one or the other. But very much so. Just a very um, basic. Basic. Super basic. Um, so a top would be somebody who mo- more often than not wants to do the fucking or be the person, the giver. They, if you saw somebody flagging, which means... Put, which I don't know where you live, but if people still flag, which I love, um, somebody flagging that would be in the left back pocket as a top. <laughs> or keys on the left side as a top. Uh, bottom is the receiver, somebody who gets pleasure from receiving uh, the fucking. And they are a right hand, right back pocket, bandana, flagger, and a right side key haver. Question. Yes. If a person is on bottom, does that mean they're out of control or have no responsibility in the sexual no, experience? No, absolutely not. 
guess what? Here's a newsflash, people. Bottoms really run the show. Because you want to have sex that has what? Consent. So you're only doing things that feel pleasurable to the person who is receiving and pleasurable to the person who's giving. So this is a time, even if you're on the top or on the bottom, the bottom is really the person who says more, less, this, that, and also, you know, not, not now or yes now or whatever. You're always going to have sex with consent. You're always The bottom is really the person who is more running the actual show. Yeah, would you ever say, like, the top is actually almost like a servant? Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the top, I think the top's job, is for, at least for me, this is my interpretation of top job, um, and this is part of the reason why I, I like this energy, is they're the person who is kind of pushing the edge a little bit. They're the kind of the person who's a little bit challenging, like, in the way of, like, they're like the person who wants to explore in a different way or wants like to kind of take their sex to like a different level. And the bottom, like that's the kind of harmonious relationship, the bottom being able, if they're into that, saying yes, being open, and then hopefully getting to a different kind of like a different level of sex together. And that's a trust. It's a trust thing. That's a trust thing. And then a switch person is somebody who it gets a lot of, a lot from both sides of that coin. And most times, you know, people don't really use those terms as much, but they might if you're looking like at OkCupid or on a personals ad or something. So it's good to know what those things are. Yeah. You know, if you if you are somebody who enjoys receiving, and if you got with somebody else who is also a receiver, maybe you know it might be one of those those times where someone's kind of waiting for someone to make the first move. Or waiting for someone to, you know, kind of take the reins. And neither one of you are doing that. So you end up, like, watching Gilmore Girls and eating popcorn in bed. <laughs> you get into a cuddle ditch. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some other variations on that? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, so you, then you add, like, the context of also with gender also in there. Um, you can add the context of somebody who... Um, like has a fetish as well in there. Uh, there's lots of different ways that like some people with a fetish are um, like they're a bottom for certain things and a top for others, right? Oh. Which is boba top, you know, straw. You're definitely you're a boba straw top, <clears throat> and you'd be a, you'd be a what bottom? I don't know, tahini bottom. No, that's <laughs> bad. That make I don't want to think about food sex. That's called splosh. Splosh. For any, anybody who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sex with food. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of different, like, very, I mean, there's lots of different variations on that. Like, you can kind of go uh, a million ways from that middle part of the web. I see. I see. I think that that's probably helpful for this, for somebody to know. Right. And also, I will say, too, like, you know, I would kind of deprogram your heteronormative brain if you have one on, as most people do who are born of this time frame. And um, know that, like, if someone presents as masculine, it doesn't mean that they're a top. If someone presents as feminine, it doesn't mean they're a bottom. Sure. Hopefully that's that goes without saying. And, you know... It also doesn't mean that a top is exclusively a top or a top never wants to receive. It's not really about like, 
um, being so rigid. It just, it just kind of gives you like some parameters. Yeah. And then you never, you never know what could happen. All right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Brandy, you worked at Babeland for a long time. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me either, what was the most common question people had for you about sex or what is the thing that you wished everybody walking in there would know? Mm. Well, I think the most common question really had to sort of do with clits and with vibrators. Where's the clit? How do you simulate the clit? How do you get a woman off? Oh my that God. was probably the number one. I just saw a diagram where the it was the under the under highways, the subterranean highways of the clit. The clit legs. The clit legs, which looks almost like lungs or like seed pods or something. Or like a wishbone. Or like a wishbone. Mm -hmm. What would you tell people about stimulating that wishbone? Well, I would just tell people that, that's, you know, you just see the tip of the iceberg. So it's not necessarily about being super focused with a, a vibrator on the clit, which, you know, it is sometimes about that for some, for some women, myself included. Feels great, sure. But like the whole rest of the vulva down to the ass feels great. And there is nerve endings and, you know, stimulation to be had that will make that clit juicy and ready to go. And it's about sort of like thinking about the entire, you know, that entire region as an erogenous zone, not just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Panyo, stop. Producer also, the, the second question people really want to know is about butt sex. What do they want to know about it? They just want to know, like, they, I mean, lots of straight people were like, uh, butt sex, I really want to have it. Does that mean I'm gay? What Definitely. does this mean? You know, they're just like, really? Like, how do I, how do I justify this? I'm really drawn to this. There's lots of women, lots of straight couples with the, you know, learning how, like women buying harnesses, et cetera, or buying like toys to stimulate um, uh, men's prostates or just to have anal sex. But lots of people throughout, you know, gender, throughout sexuality, whoever they fuck, they, everybody wants to know about, about butt sex, how to have it safely, how to like, what, what's the sort of like beginner's tips on butt sex? Yeah. Can I say jumping back and when I jumped back into the straight pool a couple years ago, I had, I found that there's like that thing from straight guys watching porn where they think they should be able to just throw it in. Mm. just throw it in and go for it exactly the same way that they would in mm -hmm. any other you know vaginal sex or whatever and right like, get the fuck out of town because it's so different because you have to go so slow when you're starting generally with butt sex with the first time with somebody you never had butt sex with before so kind of slow kind of small See how it goes. It's just such a different I mean, you, you really got to warm up with butt sex. Yeah. You know, you can't go run a marathon without the warm up. So, and especially with the dick. Like, ugh, that's just, that's, that's a little bit next level. You might be doing fingers for a while before you even get to a dick. So I think, I think people who, you know, especially with porn and stuff, porn is like, oh, they went from one hole to the next. And it's just like easy breezy. 
But, you know, what you don't see with lots of porn is there's lots of cuts in there. And these are people who have been, you know, warmed up in different ways. And, you know, it's a different scenario. That's not really real life. And people have been training. Totally. For that. And also, like, you know, if you love butt sex, you probably <laughs> will be, like, you know, associate your ass with, like, pleasure. And it's a big erogenous zone for you. And it probably will be easier for you the more butt sex you have. But... That's on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. You know? It's just everyone's ass is different. It's going to be different than someone's vagina. I mean, your vagina can push a baby's fucking head out of. So guess what? You're not going to do that out of, out of your ass. It's going to take a little longer. Don't believe what you see on TV. Don't think that that's the way that sex has to happen. You can go Absolutely. as right. slow and small as you need to. Brandy, do you have right. any questions for me about sex or anything else before we go? Oh, I love this. Uh, what's your favorite, um, can we say your favorite sexual position or your favorite sex act? No. Oh, Georges. Okay, t- okay, tell me something that's on your top 10 list then, sex-wise. All right, let me think of it. Top 10. So it could be 10 even. Top 10? <clears throat> oh, my God. It's too personal. Hold on. I think something that's on my top top 10 list would be like fantasy and role play. Like I can relate to that. Yeah. Just like getting like into a character, getting into like something that's different than your day to day, especially if you have a, a long-term lover, like it's just really, it's really fun. I love having sex places that aren't my house. Like if, you know, hotel rooms or cabin or on the, what if you're traveling, like that's really fun. Um, and then, you know, just doing like a, it could be anywhere from like a simple role play or something really elaborate with like, you know, dress up or something else. Like, I just think like having as much fun and exploration time with sex is so thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up to exploration. Mm hmm. Thumbs up. Well, Brandy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh my God. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here for sex talk. Sex talk, and I think we're we're keeping things spicy post-election. Can I say that post-elect after the election happened, I just realized it was the end of the world, so I felt a little bit more like fuck it. Yeah. Like I know some people got like depressed and didn't want to have sex anymore, but I was like, oh, the world's ending, so maybe yeah, I'll make some choices towards pleasure and joy because this might yeah. be what we have. Absolutely. I mean, having sex, especially having gay sex and queer sex is a radical act. So get out there. I mean, any, I mean, honestly, any sex that doesn't create life. I mean, not saying that like, if you're want to make a baby, it's not radical. It can be, but especially in these times, sex without creating life is a fucking radical act. And like, we need more of that. It creates art. It creates desire and passion and it goes out into the world. And you know what it feels like when you just like had amazing sex and then go out into the world and like go to the grocery store or go like pick up something from the whatever. You're just like radiating and people can feel that. And that's what we need walking around. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.